0: And we welcome you inside this Monday, Sports Ethos Sacramento Kings podcast. Sam Comanty here with you alongside, as always, the incomparable and all-knowing Jill Adge. And Jill, since we last did a podcast on Thursday, we have learned that the Kings are not quitters. They will not give up. However, they do fucking suck. They went the fact from that a
1: coach, as he's walking away, even has to, to stop yeah. and say it, it's just sad.
0: It, uh, it like, is the embodiment sad. of the Sacramento Kings. We are not quitters and we want to make sure our coach tells us and tells everybody else that that is true, but we are, we're not going to dive too much into it just to cover our grounds, cover our bases. The Kings having won three straight. I, I put in our last podcast in the caption that they've gone streaking, which was more of a reference to old school. Uh, one of my favorite Will Ferrell movies. And then that uh, they, they stopped streaking. Clearly they, they had enough. So lost two straight. The, disastrous they did what they do right
1: they'll they'll have a a nice couple game winning streak and then they have a horrible losing streak and then they'll probably have a couple game winning streak again and Mm -hmm. then they'll have a horrible losing streak like that's just inconsistency that's just they continue to show us that like that's all they do
0: yeah and De'Aaron fox just crazy on that game on friday eight for eight from the line you know i'm assuming martin when he fouled him was did that kind of just instinctively and then immediately looking up at the scoreboard saw that fox had made all eight and he was like oh shit i probably shouldn't have done that no turns well, out they it was said the perfect he play. thought
1: he had he thought he had a foul to oh get. was that it
0: he actually did think he had a foul i thought he, he was just trying no, to stop there, there
1: was not it was not planned no because when he was looking at coaching staff they were like we didn't have one like oh man it was very much a not planned like they he thought that there yeah. was
0: the basketball guys were on his side because, yeah, we know what happened there. And then, as the Kings, it's it's almost ritualistic. It's like their habit, um, just innate in them. For the Sacramento Kings to on the second game of a back to back, just they don't even show up. Like they, why? It's almost like why did you even fly to Cleveland? They got their ass handed to them, and then they fought back at the end. David Mitchell showed some love or some heart and some fight. Damian Jones, who for some reason will play really well when he's given the chance and then then never see the floor and then never (laughs) see the floor for five games makes no sense. He played really well. So they came back and didn't lose by as much, but they still lost by 14 in Cleveland. So they're right back on a losing streak. They're 11 and 16. And then they played Toronto tonight in Toronto at four o'clock. The last time they faced the Raptors in case people forgot. I hope you did. I was there. I can't forget it. They lost by well, 19, which it seemed like they lost by 40. It was 108, 89 second to last game. For Luke Walton, the prequel to the throw up game. Although I almost threw up at that game, it was so fucking atrocious. So, not excited about that. We'll not be watching it. There's Monday Night Football. Rather waste my time with that. And we're going to waste our time, Jill, for the rest of the podcast, now that we've said all that, and talk about trades, talk about the the heating up market that we're seeing as we approach Wednesday, December 15th. And then, of course, the trade deadline, which is still about two months out. February 10th is the trade deadline, but we're going to see a lot more activity. As we've been saying, starting this week, all the rumors are popping up now in anticipation of it. So we're going to cover yeah, that. And
1: always just, and always just, you know, as we come to this season, because we all love to follow, but just remember the agendas that are always pushed, mm-hmm. you know, say, same as it happens during right before the draft, you know, you see the agendas right before free agency starts, you see it, um, or even, you know, during free agency. And then this time, just beware, everybody, says they have sources that pop out of the blue, right? Um, so always just because I'm already getting tagged and multiple <laughs> ones and there are people that you can see just created their account. Like it tells you right there that it was just created in December of 2021. Like these are people just trying to get likes and retweets. Um so just, you know, or burners, God knows. But just always remember agendas out there and um you know and even from the normal guys who are pushing the narratives right nationally just remember there's always agendas from agents teams etc right. in there like we know this now so um yeah. just take everything as as always a with the grain, grain of salt. salt like so
0: or um, overblow yeah. it as we do best cuz
1: sure right is it, twitter fans yeah. yeah i mean it's I mean, everybody loves the trade machine.
0: <laughs> God. It's like, but it's the trade big...
1: machine says it works, yeah, but it says
0: <laughs> it's a success plus four wins. We need to do it. Uh, what a great invention, but also something that just like setback society at the same what time. What do you
1: mean the other team has to want our players? What is yeah. this? <laughs> nope. If the,
0: if the numbers match, it doesn't matter. So Jill, there was an article this morning that Shams released uh, on the athletics. So we're going to talk about that because a lot of people do not have an athletic subscription. I get it. Uh, and we're, he just detailed a lot of the teams that are going to be active players that are being looked at and Kings were mentioned. So I'll let you talk about it. Cause I know you were reading it uh, this morning. Nothing yeah, super so surprising, st- but
1: no. Yeah. He started off with uh Ben Simmons, obviously, you know, that's the big one. And they didn't clarify if, you know, they mentioned a handful of teams. I'll, I'll mention the teams, um, but they didn't say if it was like, of course, recently or, The team I mentioned, well, they talked two months ago, so I'm still going to throw them in type thing. So again, again, take with a grain of salt. But for Simmons, they mentioned the Knicks. Not totally shocking to me as Kemba Walker's now out of the lineup and they're kind of sliding and looking for something at this point. Um, You have the Lakers. I don't know what they could give. It'd have to be a multiple team deal um, for that to happen. Uh, The Minnesota Timberwolves, who was – has been a strong name in this since the beginning, um, of, a you know, trying to get a Russell Simmons swap with, with other things in there. So that's, um, very much still alive, uh, Portland trailblazers, no shock there. We've, you know, as we've seen and, um, Chris Haynes, I think put out last week or, um, uh, or somebody else did, um, maybe it was even Woj that, uh, there, blazers are open for business, but not, if it's anybody but Dame essentially. Um, so new, new, you know, interim GM coming in and, and making at least what he's saying known again, it's not like we haven't seen guys end up being traded after we hear that they're untouchable. So, you know, as we all know, um, again, take that with a grain, I think too, but, um, the Kings were in there again, we don't know if that was recent or if that was from when we know, you know, knowing that we've heard that they've talked you know, a couple months ago during the draft, things like that. So again, we don't know if that's new or not. Um, Pacers, not shocking. Another team that was linked to them. Uh, and it was um, before uh, Brogdon signed his extension, right? They were mentioned um, that was a, it was a Karis Brogden Brogdon, and I think a couple picks deal um, that was said for uh, Simmons that um, the Sixers turned down. Um, But now that the Pacers have some more names available, maybe it's, it's back open, but I still don't really know. I don't think that they need necessarily the pieces that are being talked about unless you're interested in Levert, but I don't think that Sabonis or Turner makes sense there. I mean, Sabonis would just be adding a great talent, um, but obviously Turner doesn't fit there with Embiid. So um, again, who, who knows what that one and very much could be part of a three team thing. Right. Again, that we've seen a lot of these big money contracts end up being three, four. They, they have the hardened one last year. Like the calves got the steel in and the Pacers, right? The calves gave up a second rounder and, and got Jared Allen. Yes. Mm-hmm. They ended up having to pay him, but it was the best thing. Bad they teams to are smart and insert themselves in these and can, take, you know, can get some young talent for cheap, things like that. So um, again, that was an option. And then again, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers is another team interested. And that one, I don't think should surprise that many people because we've heard that Sexton has kind of been on the block because mm-hmm. they don't want to pay him that extension because they're going to be paying Garland an extension um, in addition to what they just paid Allen and then knowing what they have Mobley, things like that. So um, you have a Sexton or maybe even a Rubio um, Markinan something there gets put in there. Yeah. I'm just, I was in terms of like point guard. I don't, right. I don't know. Marketing is fitting in really well with, with the calf. So I don't know But if you
0: get Simmons and marketing and then you have, I mean, obviously Mobley and Allen, that's a, I mean, geez, they're really redefining the But game. I mean, you
1: could put market in and off the bench, bench at that, bench. At that yeah, point sure. too. Like, um, at that point, I think for them, it's just asset gathering, um, and, and see what works, but it's a tall, it's a tall team. That's showing they can play defense so yeah and again like you said they would be kind of going against the norm like them and the raptors right who we played at night are teams that have just are going blank like they're athletic lengthy guys um so yeah so those were the teams so far they're saying interested in simmons although it's unclear how much traction philadelphia truly has on any move um they're still saying that uh whether a team can meet the asking price, they're still asking for that all-star caliber player and or multiple first round picks for Simmons. So, um, again, uh, who knows, but if anything, I just want, if the Kings aren't in getting him, insert yourself as a third or fourth team, like that's something this team never does. Um, except the one time I will say they did in somewhat recent history is they, um, When they actually acquired Shumpert, they were they were part of a like a third or fourth team, and that ended up working out for him. Like it was looked at as a you were taking on a bad contract, right? Like, but the player ended up working out for them for the next year. So, again, just
0: wanted that second round pick, but yeah.
1: But that's my thing. That's that's what general managers need to do. Though you take, and that's this thing is. We, we want to spend our free agency money, which doesn't happen, or you overspend on mediocre right players Mm -hmm. um, that aren't going to move the needle rather than doing what a lot of these other bad teams to help rebuild was no, we're not going to spend. We'll, we'll give out a bunch of the, the smaller contracts similar to what OKC did. And then we can take your bad contracts and take, get a first round pick, get a second round pick. You know what I mean? And, and you accrue those assets because if you're not going to draft them, you can still put them in trades to try and you know, get pieces. It's just something this place has never done. And so it's, it's extremely frustrating. So well, the
0: real money, um, please step up. Like, let's, what do you make yeah, I mean, this and guy's right now, of.
1: like, right. You're an overpaid, not good team. Like, and that's the thing is. So until you start shedding some of the salary or at least, you know, shedding salary so you can take some bad salary w- with picks um, or bad salary with maybe a young talent attached to it because a team wants to get rid of salary to try and open a max spot, you know, things like that. We saw Denver do it with um, before Brooklyn finally started turning around. They they had sent off some salary to open up their max spots, which ended up being Kyrie and Durant. But Denver ended up getting a first round pick. And I think that pick ended up being Michael Porter Jr. I could be wrong, but there were ones where they got like later first round picks. Um, And again, they're another team that's drafted well and has been able to right. They they were able to trade for Aaron Gordon. Like, again, like just giving yourself extra assets um, can only can only help you at this point. And so um, we'll see if the Kings, you know. Are involved in anything? Right, anything? But, yeah. Um, you know, just food for thought that they're, um, you know, what what the Cavs did just in a year is, Impressive. um, you know, yeah, they uh, to me they didn't even like I wouldn't even call it like a total like they tanked that they lost a star right and became bad like they lost LeBron James and no one was clamoring time. to sign there right yeah. like again no one was clamoring to sign there and so.
0: Well, they drafted well, though, like, Jill. They were, they had no, hold on. Picks. I'm
1: talking about the process, right? Okay. Like when I see, I saw people throw it out, do what the Cavs did. So I'm just saying from ground one, it wasn't like they just said, Oh, I'm going to sell everybody off because I'm going to tank. No, they lost their player and then they hit their draft picks and then they became third, fourth team in trades, right? And then they signed a smart free agent. So again, they did steps one, two, three, four. Like it wasn't just, we're going to do step one. Oh, and that solves everything. No, like it was a process within a year. My thing was, I saw um, a couple of things where people, you know, list all the teams that have sold everybody off to tank. Like, I don't consider them a team that sold people off to tank. They just lost their best player. Like they didn't have a choice. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I don't count them in as one as like a tanking, a tanking team, like sure they were bad because why wouldn't they be bad at that point? They were relying on their young rookie draft picks, but it wasn't like they had a fire sale and said, Oh, you know, after winning a championship now we're going to, you know, rebuild all over again. Like they were kind of forced to, but hit the right moves. So, um, kudos to them. And, uh, You know, this team doesn't it's unless they make a move. No one's like no one, no stars leaving to like help force them to rebuild. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they have to, the Kings have to initiate one of their processes. No one's going to do it for them,
0: Mm -hmm. right?
1: Like you're either going to go trade and grab a star or you're selling everything away and then you're forced to actually rebuild, Like a player is not going to walk to force you to to do have to do what the Cavs did, if that makes sense. I get you. Yeah, it was taken out of their hands essentially. Um, And kudos to them for
0: making the most of it,
1: hitting hitting those steps. And and like I said, I think that's something that this team has kind of failed to do. Is they they go through maybe step one or two and then getting say, oh, we're going to keep waiting for that perfect one and it's been three years, that perfect thing never came. And so you lost the benefits of one, step one and two, and you now having to start step one all over again. So
0: doesn't it feel like McNair has been the general manager for like 10 years and it's literally been not even two, like he's halfway through yeah. his second season, not even halfway. It just, it seems like he's been, cause there's so much that's happened. So many rumors that have circulated a coaching change, some draft picks. And it's just like, it feels like yeah. it's been a long time and it hasn't. So people got to remember about McNair. He hasn't really and, gotten and if, a chance to do anything
1: and if yet. He, and if he well, if he had hit on those two almost, he would True. have completed steps three and four. Yeah. And that's where and that's where you have to have backup C D E F G <laughs> like that's where yeah. you have to have. Um, and unfortunately, our ones like that are minuscule, like which doesn't isn't gonna save you here. But it's also really hard to be like we talked about that the Cavs drafted really well, right? Well, under uh, Vladi, two of his like 15 draft picks are still in the league. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're not even having it as role players. That's just still in the league. And one of them, you might even be selling off now as a number two pick. So it's like, it's really hard for a team. If you can't hit trades, you have to nail every draft pick. And so far McNair seems like, you know, he's hit that but that's where this team is now kind of has their hands tied because right when we're mentioning all these other teams that are interested in these players. Okay. We might have them on the draft pick thing, but when it comes to assets for other players, I think every other team knocks them out for, for what you have to give, because if we're going to keep saying, Oh, these guys are horrible. We need to trade them. What makes you think another team wants them and their money? Like the buddy healed situation with the Lakers. It was the perfect situation because they just needed a shooter. They didn't care about anything else. Like they just wanted someone who could shoot the ball. They didn't care about his large salary. Like he fit it perfectly. Well, not everyone's the Lakers. So now you're back to having to find that perfect fit. That makes sense for a team that, that wants to, to give all that money for a player that might not move a needle for you.
0: Yeah. And to build on what you said, they don't have a lot of assets other than the draft picks, which you can guarantee you said in a previous podcast, you can almost guarantee it's going to be a lottery pick if history repeats itself, which the Kings are really good at repeating history in the, in the worst way. Yeah. But if you do make everyone available, Jill, which we don't, we keep hearing, you know, the last time that it was reported that McNair was not talking about Halliburton or Fox, if you make those guys available, or at least Fox, because I'm on the leaning on that train right now where I'm like, I wouldn't really care if we traded Fox, but man, we got like a Ben Simmons or Sabonis and then allowed Mitchell to push up into the starting lineup alongside Halliburton, which is a combination that fits a lot better than Fox and Halliburton mm-hmm. has been fitting. But Fox is obviously a valuable asset. Rashawn Holmes, if you decided to trade him, which no one would want that, no one said that, but if you, if you, if you did include him in some trade to get somebody because he's on a, on a really good deal, for the next several years, he's still young. He's 28, I think. Obviously a great player, energy guy. That would also help. That's an asset. But you got you to uncover it a little bit. Like, you can't just be like, we're not going to trade our only good players, but we will trade you this pile of garbage. We'll trade you Buddy Heald and his horrible contract. We'll trade you Harrison Barnes and his pretty shitty contract. Yeah, that's not going to work. You're going to get outbid by every other team. So, yeah, spot on. But I'm but hoping you gotta that-
1: give You got to give something to get something. Right. And That's how anything and, works. And at a certain point, too... I th- and I think with those other players, they have shown that it has to be the perfect situation for them to to even it's think a, about it now. I mean, we're hearing the, you know, whispers of um, maybe things coming to an end, you know, in Boston with with um, Jalen and Tatum. Like. Who knows, um, is Ingram available while, you know, Zion, like now that they just put him on the shelf again. Um, would, would a team look at, you know, were they going to hold it out again? Um, they just said that Jeremy Grant again is another name that Shams mentioned in here, but they only mentioned the Lakers and the trailblazers. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know, like, I don't know. It's It's,
0: going to be chaos.
1: Um, yeah. And then they mentioned, uh, Cam Reddish and Atlanta, um, Mm -hmm. and that they're still looking for a first rounder. Um, it's believed by other teams are still seeking that first round draft pick. What's interesting in Atlanta right now is again, they have all those, those injuries, but if anyone listened to my, uh, that front office pod pod, one I did, where I talked about Landry fields, it looks like that he's going to actually be, um, at least the talk is that he's going to be promoted to the, to the general manager under, um, Travis link. So kudos to ex-NBA player. I was going to say. um, Stanford guy, right? Fields. Yeah, he, uh, and he was, um, you'll probably remember with the Knicks. Like oh, yeah. that was where, and then Fields. Toronto. Yeah, and so, but he, and then after post, he was Spurs and um, Hawks front office. And so that's where he's developed himself well. And uh, kudos to him if that ends up happening, but that sounds like those are the rumors there. So he would be having a, a Possibly a new name to work with. I, I'm sure he's been involved in everything. So um, sure. but that's something to look at. Um, let's see, they brought up uh the Cleveland Cavaliers who had their 16 and 12 start. Um, and that they're gonna be obviously looking at um Sexton, Sexton because Garland's gonna be up for that five-year 181 million max contract extension in July. Um, so you could have them trying to drop salary in Rubio, who they just acquired, or um, again, trying to um, to get something for Sexton, which I still think New York seems to be the most linked to them. They don't mention him in here, but um, that's Sexton what wouldn't it play, was though, during the offseason
0: because he's hurt. So, right? Isn't he out for the season?
1: Um. Is it the full season or just partial? I don't know. I mean,
0: he's out for a while, so but, if you trade him, it'd be for next year, really. But
1: I mean, yeah, but I, they still mention him like between now and July, so it's. I mean, they there's still a couple months that, mm-hmm. if let's say the Knicks maybe kind of fell out of it and just wanted to
0: take yeah, a, out for the a swing
1: for something um, to start, you know, for next year. That's that's something that's there. Um, Again, they mentioned uh, Jeremy Grant and the Lakers and Trailblazers, um, which to me is, is interesting because he left Denver after after Denver said, like, this is the role we envision you, um, you know, and we're going to get we're going to give him similar money to what he got. In Detroit. Like, so he was still going to get paid, but it was, this is how we envision you um in this kind of role. But he wanted to like for his first time in his career, he wanted to go be that guy. Like, mm-hmm. and Hey, it worked. I, I totally understand that. Go, get paid and go be that guy. Um, To now where if he ends up being traded back to, let's say, I don't know if the Lakers can do it, but like I said, the Lakers and trailblazers were, where the two mentioned you're going back to not being um, that guy, so it's it's kind of interesting to see how that that'll play out. Um, they mentioned the Warriors and Clay coming back, and the Warriors again are another team. If you're the Kings and you're going up against the Warriors, and let's say Sabonis is another one that people are really talking about with the Warriors, the Warriors have right their their draft picks, but they also have Moody and Kaminga as as to throw out there, yeah. um, two Unknown first rounders from this year. You're Again, really like, and yet. so these are the things that the Kings are competing with, right. When it comes to good teams and assets. And so, um, it's, you know, it's much easier than saying, like you said, the money works. <laughs> you know they have, they have to want us, um, it, because I, I still see this up. Oh, uh, Monty needs to watch this, watch more of the game. Um, because to know that he needs to trade these guys and I'm like, you think he's not watching? Like, come on guys. Like he's watching, he's watching closely. Like, and if you think he's not picking up the phone and making calls, like, I don't know what to tell you. You need other people to want, to want your assets. It's yeah. not just him saying, sorry, we're life. not available. Like, come on.
0: The GM is um, going to do his job,
1: but this is what we are. This is where we are. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so again, they menace uh they mentioned Sabonis and the one blurb in here was the Suns and Kings have shown interest in recent years. So um, those were the two teams that they talked about. The Suns would
0: be interesting if they actually did that now. Pulled the trigger on a Sabonis trade. Same with the Warriors. I mean, two teams that don't need them whatsoever. But you're right, they but have could, the assets, put, but and could talent. put
1: them over, um
0: could put them way over, yeah. The top if they yeah. got them. The Warriors, especially. God, I yeah. don't we don't need to see Golden State with
1: because those are the two teams at the top right now, but with um, Utah. And so I think very much. Yeah, in their mindset, they're really not losing much. They get him on a really good deal and can sign him to an extension. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a good team. I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, that seems like an automatic gamble while you're in your window, right, of, of being up there. Um, and the Suns are doing this without Booker right now. Just wait till he comes back.
0: No, they're a good team. Shamit was a good yeah. acquisition as just a, a necessary, as it turned out, with Booker going down, a uh, depth yeah. guy who just for some reason hasn't been able to stick any or stick anywhere he's been, even though he's a great shooter. Do you think that if the Kings were to miraculously pull off some Sabonis trade, do you think he does fit and could fit with Rashawn Holmes?
1: I to me, I'm not worrying. I'm acquiring talent. I'm not. Sure. I'm not sold on. I. I I make the move and then Worry adjust it. from there if if needs to be adjusted. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I mean, suppose you me, stretch it's, the floor. The same, I look at it the same way as I would look at drafting someone. I'm mm-hmm. I'm getting best player available talent I can get and I will reshuffle so you're not based on there if we have to.
0: Not worried about taking the ball out of Fox's hands. That's a dig in, yeah, I know. Um, I know. Yeah.
1: Um, do you know what I mean? Like I get like we're a team at the bottom to me at this thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're, we have the luxury to say, does someone fit anymore? Because nothing fits. No,
0: no. And that's <laughs> um, what,
1: and so, and that's, yeah.
0: This persistence by some people, mostly just the fans at this point that, you know, are yeah. frustrated and annoyed and mad that, you know, they, they want the Kings to blow it up, but then again, not trade a certain number of guys. It's like you, you know, why would you, they're, they're not in a position with how they've played for 15 years in the past several years with this group where any of these guys should be off limits. None of them should be. And I, and I say that even though I'm a huge fan of Tyrese Alliburton, I love Davion Mitchell. I think Rashawn Holmes is one of the best. You know who Asian used to be untouchable too
1: with the Warriors? Mone Ellis until he wasn't. Yeah. Yep. I mean, That's true. I don't compare Fox and Mone Ellis, but at the time that was, the, that was, he was, that was their box. The, yeah, right? he and was the had, Warriors. You had Steph and who Baron was Davis. hurt all the time. Like, um, Steph was, had the ankle issues and then, you know, blossom, but again, yeah, like bad teams. I'm, I'm with you. Like it's,
0: you don't have a, you don't have the right essentially to be picky. You don't get to be picky.
1: And it's you not haven't saying, earned it. yeah, it's not saying these got that I don't think he's good or, um, it, it's nothing to do with that. It's either, but at some point, You just have to say it's right. It's not working. So again, I, I won't blame them if they do, I won't blame them if they don't, because again, a lot of small markets won't like, they will keep that one guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, um, but yeah, I'm with you. Like no one on a perpetual, you know, 31 team is untouchable.
0: No, nor Um, should they be. No, no other team would think like that. And I will end with this, at least for me, on this topic here, Jill, because I know we're going to do a water cooler today. We didn't do it. We didn't have a Friday show, so we didn't, we missed our water cooler. But I, I just to put it on the record definitively, uh, as uh, other guys in that in follow the Kings have been doing it, um, Casey on D'Lo D- and Casey, have, he's, Kenny's been saying it quite a bit. Uh, Fox, I, I am so on board with a Fox trade. I really am. If you trade, and Carmichael Dave's touched on this, hypothetical trade quite a bit. If you're trading Fox in some type of trade to get Ben Simmons, he, in, Dave, in Carmichael Dave's mind, he's doing that every time. I'm hundred percent on the same mindset. Joe, I don't know about you. I think Simmons is way better than Fox. He's an all world defender. He's a great player in many different ways. He's, I mean, he's an advantage, uh, height advantage and like a mismatch nightmare for everybody. Cause he's a point guard that's 6'10. I mean, he's ridiculous. And if you can ship off Fox Bagley and a first round pick and get Ben Simmons and some, you know, guy in a rookie contract like Isaiah Joe or something or wing player. I don't know if if the uh, 76ers would accept that, but if they did, I'm ecstatic. I don't have any attention or attachment to De'Aaron Fox. Why would I? For the reason I just said, he's never done anything for this team. He's never led him to playoffs. He's never done anything. Why would I feel an attachment just because the guy's good? Of course he's good. Russell Westbrook was good. It is good. And he's been traded like five times. And in the Simmons
1: past, was good. And years. Philadelphia wants to get rid of him. I mean, Philadelphia they, hates the guy. But they like, but they like Joel and B better. Like that's, yeah. that's their Part guy. The and process. so again, yeah, I, I have no issues with anyone that feels that way or not. And my thing of, you can't do something because the guy's going to have the same issues. Like you're not, there's. We don't know. Wake that. me when there's a perfect a perfect value out there because I, I just player, I yeah. don't I don't think that.
0: And it allows that's, Davion Mitchell that's Dream
1: World in here
0: to play um, as well, play more, but, which everyone wants more Davion Mitchell. Yeah,
1: and, and at this point, all I know is the status quo isn't working. So mm-hmm. to me, again, Load to up. me, it's about the front of the jersey, not the back. Yep. Do whatever Reach. you have to do. I really don't care who's playing. Just make win. It, make it work. Like just win, baby. I mean, I've gotten to the point where like, I will, I will like players as people, but I am not attached to them on my friend. Like I've had to take myself like out of that, like I'll still, you know, do the jerseys and still like, I will love you and I will keep following you wherever you are, but I can't keep being attached to players on bad team. Like it's just like, it's weird.
0: Almost like why?
1: And I'm a fan. Like, yeah. I, th- I mean, as a fan, I want to win. Like, yeah. I, don't, I mean.
0: It's true. I get it. I don't know.
1: I don't yeah, have a crystal ball if, you know, on what'll work. But all all we know, right, is, is, what, this is isn't working. what is yeah. not working. Right. We so, don't need a crystal
0: ball for that. It's clear. Yeah. It's going to be a fun week, Jill. Uh, I'm excited. I know you're very excited. It, we we expect some sort, of, even if it's not Kings related, there's going to be some, some spinning, some moving, uh, some traction. And they're playing
1: teams, right, that are toronto right Uh, they're gonna give you hell in their length grizzlies doesn't matter who's healthy or not healthy they have a system they have a culture they are coming at you um who else is it uh you
0: mean like coming up for them that they're facing
1: yeah i was trying to think they play, they play the wizards on wednesday okay the wizards who've been hot and cold um yeah and again, uh, a bajillion forwards and wings. So who, who play knows? The there? Spurs, but I know they, they, they the do Warriors. have some people out on COVID. So
0: yeah, uh, well, but again, the, that
1: doesn't mean anything for the Kings.
0: <laughs> no, it means absolutely. They, they have proven that they, they don't care who's playing; they will still lose. Uh, and,
1: and the Spurs.
0: Yeah, the Spurs. The Raptors have a ton of players out. And the Spurs are
1: playing well. So by the way, for tonight,
0: the Raptors have a lot of guys in COVID protocol, like the Hornets did. Didn't matter for the Kings in Charlotte on Friday. Not going to matter again tonight. But just something to point out it's going to be a lot of young guys going for Toronto again g league dudes but anyway Jill's water cooler it's been a while and i heard you had a really good one today Jill I, i'm always excited you know but you made a point to say that this was a real good one so please 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 enlighten me once again
1: um yeah i thought this one was actually pretty uh pretty funny so let me pull it up here um, it is about the time that the Celtics um, put a uh, a betting pool together essentially for the year on who could dunk on a uh, minute bowl. Oh. Have you heard about that? Okay, so no, <clears throat> uh, but he was like seventy-seven. Seven, so yeah, so <laughs> I'm gonna read the article here. Um, so. In our first game against Washington, as we're getting ready, uh, in the locker room, Larry, as Larry bird comes in excited and animated as he can be, he had just come back from his pregame shooting ritual where he had witnessed Manute bowl, um, a quite tall fellow from the Sudan who was trying to make it as a pro basketball player. None of us had ever heard of him before, but Larry warned that whatever happened tonight, not to, uh, to make sure that Manute didn't block your shot, because if he did, um, ESPN sports center, um, still in its infancy would never let anybody forget that it happened to you. So he said, we had all played against some really tall guys before Tommy Burleson, Chuck Nevitt, but minute at seven, seven was in a whole different league. Sure enough. Uh, when I was in early, the ball was swung to me on the left wing, about 15 feet out with a perfect angle for a bank shot. I was wide open. So I let it fly only to have my new minute. <laughs> minute who was totally out of position under the basket at the time, take a couple of long strides, elongate endlessly to swap my jumper out of the air. Larry went wild. And to this day, he has never let me forget it. Later, later Larry called us all together and said that we all had to put $100 into a pool and that the first one to dunk on Minute would get all the cash. At the start of the bet, all of them putting in the 100 it was $1,200. When nobody was successful in throwing one down, In Manute's face, the next time they played Washington, Larry announced that they were going to roll it over and keep it rolling until somebody did successfully throw one down on the big guy. Um, And that each game would require another hundred dollar contribution per man from our entire Celtic squad of 12 guys until it happened. Now, Washington was a terrible team. We never had trouble beating, but all season long, nobody on our team could get a dunk on Manute and the pot of cash kept growing. Kevin McHale was the most intent on getting it done. Kevin uh, was the second best low post player um, he said he'd ever played against after Kareem. Like Kareem, Kevin worked endlessly on getting better position before he even received the ball. Also like Kareem for the opposition, it really didn't matter anyway until they were both simply too good. So one game, so one game after uh, the minute money pool had grown quite large, Kevin just kept going at minute, regardless of what the game or play called for minute was blocking every attempt by Kevin who remained completely undeterred minute might've set a record that night for most shot blocked on an individual opponent in any one game. I'm going to have to go look that up. Yeah. (laughs) Later I came up with a defensive rebound and threw a long outlet pass to Larry who was all alone at half court on the left side. There was nobody between Larry and our goal, but instead of driving and making an uncontested layup, Larry stops, cradles the ball on his hip and his left arm, and points at Manute, who's still down at his own basket and completely out of the play. Larry's waving frantically for Manute to hurry back on defense so Larry can go in and try and duck on him. Manute was clueless to our little game within the game. But he dutifully hustled back. And when Gary came flying, when Larry came flying in, Manute set him in the ball back one more time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Our
1: great coach, Casey Jones, was up off the bench, extending his hands, his arms after, as if to say, what is going on here? So it said they went on to win the game quite easily, but neither Larry nor Kevin succeeded that night. It was the chief, Robert Parrish, who finally got the throw down in Manute's face and ultimately a very large sum of cash. Larry's wager on Manute epitomized some of the brilliant things about the Celtics team. In every game, Larry found a way to make it endlessly interesting and entertaining. And for us and his teammates and for everyone in the crowd watching. And when he was in the building, all eyes were definitely on him. Now I'm going to ask you, what do you think the pot was at that time? And I'll tell you.
0: The end of it when Parrish when, got when it. Robert
1: Parrish got it or they,
0: I mean, so can I ask what year, what year Celtics this is early eighties or late seventies, uh,
1: s- late seventies, I believe.
0: Okay. So, I mean, a hundred dollars, a good amount of money today, Let me see. definitely a good amount back in the late seventies. So it was originally 1200. Obviously it's simple math, Played, I don't know. I mean, they play the wizards quite a bit. Okay. It's
1: sorry. It's 85. So the okay. following story was 1985, 1986 bought Celtics. Perfect. um and it's from the book back from the dead got so, it all right i'm gonna interested. go with
0: uh i'm gonna go with forty thousand dollars
1: oh no it wasn't that high
0: okay i i shot you i didn't know how many times they played the wizards before this yeah. happened
1: and up um, being ten thousand.
0: okay i was my next guess was 20 so, i went, I, I but went yeah went but heavy. if you think
1: 1200 each one and then yeah yeah
0: that's asking too much math of me, but that's still a good amount of money for Robert Parrish to just
1: back in the 80s. Just do his yeah. job. Just yeah, to dump. Just, yeah, yeah,
0: just to be what a do what a big man does. <laughs> I,
1: laughing. I can just imagine the coach.
0: What yeah. are you doing? What the fuck is happening?
1: But what to see him doing? stand at half court and you that's a,
0: that's a video I need to find for sure. Just calling him out and bowl. Yeah, I'm sure oh, Bull's oh, like, I don't know what this what the hell this he's guy's is. Like, doing.
1: okay. And they're like, he ran back, like, yeah, okay, sure. If you want me to block you, yeah. I'm game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing they were apparently good at at that time. Who was the narrator, Jill? Who was the one that, speaking?
1: That's what I was trying to find, um, and I'm it's whoever wrote the book. So I'm trying sure. to find. Um, Obviously, a because of the it team. all talks about as the team they became incredibly close. So um, back. from dead.
0: I don't know. I mean, you named all the the, the players from that team that. Era of Celtics that I would know personally. Twelve hundred dollars at the onset. Yeah, I'm trying to
1: think books. books And it didn't say in the article, which was weird. It just literally took. Oh, oh, it was Bill. Was it Bill Walton? Oh, I, I should know. Grateful Dead. Back from the dead, I guess. Yeah. And that,
0: um, that sounds like a means Bill Walton
1: Back from the Dead book review.
0: Bill Walton's okay, story.
1: So is it his? Oh, it is his. Okay, okay so that was you know. so anytime saying I. So great storytelling, Bill Walton. That was that doesn't surprise actually,
0: me. He's a great storyteller. Yeah. Probably high as hell when he wrote this. So Tony his profile picture. Just envision that. Yeah. Narrating you, reading you this book. <laughs> That's a very good story, Joel. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And uh, the '85 Celtics, you need to help me here. Who who won the who won the NBA title in '85 '86? Probably the Lakers. Not the Lakers. I mean, the Bulls weren't on their reign of terror yet. Pistons, maybe.
1: Nineteen. You're talking
0: fifteen years before I was even born, almost. Uh,
1: the finals. It was the Larry Bird. Be- uh, Larry Bird led Celtics defeated the Rockets. Oh, the Rockets. In the okay. 1986 Finals.
0: The Rockets' rep. Oh, maybe that's why they were jerseys. doing
1: the cream talk too.
0: Yeah, and that makes sense. That there's a book on that season. We're putting a lot of obvious things together right now.
1: Yeah, great story and, though. That, yeah, that was <laughs> that one had me laughing. So,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We're gonna try and find that video. We're also trying to find out for you guys uh, how many times uh, how
1: many Bull he blocked, blocked Kevin McHale. McHale.
0: I'm gonna go at least. <laughs> sounds like game. at least eight, nine, maybe ten times he blocked just Kevin McHale, who was hell bent on figuring this out. Uh, and Kevin McHale's, I think, I mean, he's obviously a big dude. He's like 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, yeah. He's not a short dude. He was a great low block player for so long for a reason. But great, great Monday, Jill's water cooler today. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday. We're trying to do a normal schedule today, or uh, this week, excuse me. Um, Wednesday, for sure, if there's some activities and trades that go on before the Kings play the Wizards back in Sacramento, definitely want to hop on and talk about it. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys. We'll catch you on Wednesday. Slater dudes.